Chapter Three of Our Little Irish Cousin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Our Little Irish Cousin by Mary Hazelton Blanchard Wade. Chapter Three St. Patrick. Sure and it's father Tom himself said Nora's mother. She was in the midst of the family washing Katie was rocking baby Patsy and Nora was brushing up the rough mud floor Everyone stopped work at once and ran out of the cabin the mother wiping her hands on her apron and Nora lifting Patsy and carrying him along in her strong young arms the whole village had by this time turned out into the lane and gathered around the kind fat priest who had a smile for each and all there were old people hobbling along with the help of sticks men who had stopped work for the sake of a blessing from the priest mothers with babies in their arms and children big and little it was a glad day when father tom came to the village to see how all were getting along there were so few people that the village had no church of its own they went four miles every Sunday to the nearest service Almost everyone had to walk for there were only two or three donkeys and one or two rough carts in the whole place a Visit from the priest was a great honor a very great honor The children knelt in his pathway that he might lay his hands on them and bless them The men took off their hats and bowed their heads low as he passed by the old women made as good curtsies as their stiff backs would let them Nora put little Patsy down on the ground whispering Patsy dear touch the good man's robe with your little hands it will make ye a better boy Father Tom must have heard the whisper he turned around and placed his hands on the baby's curly head Then he made a short prayer and blessed him I Will take a sup of tea with you mrs. O'Neill he said to Nora's mother I am quite tired for I have walked all the way from my home this morning Mrs. O'Neill was much pleased. She hurried home while the priest and children followed her more slowly. As she hung the kettle over the fire and set the table for the priest's lunch, he gathered the children around him and told them stories of St. Patrick, the dearest of all saints to the Irish people. It was a long, long time ago that the King of Ireland was holding a festival in the Hall of Tara. Put out all the fires he had commanded his people let no light be seen till a blaze bursts forth from the hill of Tara Not one of his subjects would have dared to disobey the king's command You may judge therefore how surprised he was when he looked out into the darkness and saw a light It grew stronger and stronger every moment a great fire was blazing nearby on the top of a hill Who would have dared to disobey the king? What was the meaning of the fire the Druid priest for whom the king sent in haste said O king if that fire is not put out tonight it will never die in this country Now it happened that the festival which the king and his people were celebrating was held on the night before Easter Sunday Few people of Erin had at that time heard of Easter Sunday They knew nothing of the life of the Christ child they were druids and had a strange belief of their own Their chief priests dwelt in the dark forests of oak trees and taught their followers to worship fire as the symbol of the Sun 
but a new teacher had come into their country he had a message to the people he wished to tell them of the christian religion and of jesus who had lived and suffered and died to help all mankind the name of the new teacher was patrick and scotland was his early home when he was sixteen years old he was surprised by a band of robbers they made him their prisoner and took him with them to ireland after he had been with them six months he managed to get free and went back to scotland but he was carried off a second time and again he escaped after he reached his own home once more he said to himself i should like to help the people of ireland i should like to tell them of jesus and his religion he began to study and prepare himself for teaching at last he was made a bishop after many years he was able to go back to ireland it was what he had long wished to do it was the eve of easter sunday when he lighted that great fire on the hilltop and surprised the king by his daring i will send for the man who kindled that fire let him come before me at once commanded the king patrick was brought in haste but he was not frightened in the least when the king and the princes the nobles and the druid priests were gathered together he told them he had come to erin to put out the fires of the druids he wished to stop the making of the pagan sacrifices in which the people then believed he had brought something better in their place it was the christian religion what do you suppose the king replied he was very angry of course but still he asked patrick to meet the wise men of the country the next day and talk the matter over then he could explain his belief to them on the next day he did meet them he talked so well and so wisely that many of the listeners thought he knew a great deal more than they did they became christians then and there the king then gave patrick the right to preach all over ireland as he went from place to place he spoke so well that all those who listened to him felt his great power in a short time the whole of the people became christians and the strange worship of the druids came to an end father tom told nora and her sister many wonderful stories of the life of st patrick he told of a spring of water he had visited the spring worked miracles it happened that st patrick and st bridget were one day taking a walk she said she was thirsty st patrick struck the ground with his staff water instantly began to bubble up through the earth and a spring has been there ever since father tom went on to tell of strange wriggling things called snakes he had seen them in other countries they were something like big worms and were of different colors the bite of some of them was poisonous but we have none of them in our own beautiful ireland he said you may thank the blessed st patrick for sending them out of this country Nora and Katie both shivered when they thought of the snakes. How good St. Patrick was to drive the horrid creatures out of Ireland. There is a grand church in the city of Dublin called St. Patrick's Cathedral. When you grow up, Nora, you must surely visit it, said the kind priest, as he finished his storytelling. It stands on the very spot where St. Patrick himself once built a church. It is a fine building, and its spire reaches higher up toward heaven than anything you have ever seen made by men but my dear little children your mother has prepared me a nice luncheon 
I must eat it and then visit poor widow McGee who is very ill a half hour afterward father Tom had left the little home and mrs. O'Neill was once more hard at work over her washtub Nora was out in the yard amusing baby Patsy mother mother she called mrs. Maloney is on her way here she has just stopped at mrs. Flynn's come in and get some potatoes ready for her Nora I don't want to stop again in my work mrs. O'Neill pronounced it Warwick mrs. Maloney lived in a lonely cabin about two miles away you would hardly believe it but Nora's home was almost a palace beside mrs. Maloney's there was one little window as she would have called it it was really only a hole in the wall when heavy rains fell the old woman stuffed it with marsh grass the thatched roof had fallen in at one end of the cabin the furniture was a chair and a rough bedstead poor old mrs. Maloney once she had a strong husband and eight happy children but one by one they had died and now she was old and feeble and had no one in the world to look after her is it any wonder that the generous people whom she visited always had something to give and a kind word to speak to her every few days she went from house to house holding out her apron as she stood in the doorway she did not need to say a word one kind woman would give her a bit of tea another a loaf of bread a third a cabbage and a fourth a little butter in this way she was kept from starving or from going to the workhouse which she dreaded nearly as much as Nora dropped the potatoes into her apron the old woman blessed her heartily as she turned to leave mrs. O'Neill called after her to ask how she got along in yesterday's bad storm sure and I was that feared I dared not stay in the cabin it was so bad I thought it would fall down on my shoulders so I went out and sat on the turf behind it I was wet indeed when the storm was over too bad too bad said mrs. O'Neill in a voice of pity we must see what can be done for you she did not forget that very night she asked her husband if he could not find some time to mend the old woman's hut and make it safe to live in he promised her that as soon as the potatoes were hoed he would get his friend mickey flynn to help him and they would fix it all right ah tim tim said his wife with her eyes full of tears of all the eight children mrs maloney has lost there is none she grieves over like her boy john that went to america and was never heard of again maybe he lost his life on the way there maybe he died all alone in that faraway land with no kind friends near him no one but God knows Mrs. O'Neill crossed herself as she went on Think of our own dear girl in America and what might have happened to her End of chapter 3